This is episode 39 with Gerard Farmer. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, men of abundance? Of course, you know, as usual, we have another very abundant leader on the show today, and I'm going to introduce him to you in just a second. But as you know, throughout the show, I always have a kick in the gut moment and a pivot moment, basically enough is enough and a pivot point. And just about everybody in life who is doing anything has those kick in the gut moments and, of course, has multiple pivot points. Well, This time right now is a pivot point for Men of Abundance. I'm not going to get into all the details right now, but after talking to a couple of my mentors, getting some feedback from listeners, I have decided to take action and make a few changes. And as far as I'm concerned, they're great changes based on the feedback that I've already received. There are going to be quite a few behind-the-scenes changes, but the biggest change that you're going to notice is that Men of Abundance is going from a -a three-day-a-week show to a one day a week show and I'm going to explain exactly why I'm going to break it all down I'm going to share with you why I'm doing this and it may benefit you in some way either in your business or in your life that specific episode is going to be a bonus episode so if you're at all curious as to why I'm making these changes make sure you subscribe on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to men of abundance on so the show automatically downloads to your device I want to thank everybody who provided any feedback and I want to thank all of you who have subscribed, rated, and reviewed our show so that more people can get access to it. All right, so now I'm going to introduce our featured guest. After high school, Gerard Farmer joined the military during the Iraqi war, which I give him major props for that right there. It was there where he learned other valuable lessons that apply equally to business and to combat, integrity, self-discipline, and positive can-do attitude. Following his military service, Gerard joined his father's auto sales business and acquired further skills in leading and managing others. Now, Gerard gets deeper into his story, but after he had a confrontation with a supervisor at work, Gerard decided to move on and turn his side hustle into a full-time business. And he did that from scratch and completely debt-free. I don't want to get too much into Gerard's background because he's going to share his story with you. But I want you, men of abundance, to get out of this conversation is to listen to Gerard's passion for helping others. And you can see his pattern of helping others by the vocations that he took on prior to starting his own business and what he's doing now, now that he's successfully built a business of his own. Gerard, welcome to Men of Abundance. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, my pleasure. Where are you at in the world? I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina. I have been down around those parts. I was stationed at Fort Bragg, Fayetteville for quite a while. Well, two, almost three years, but closer to two years. Oh, okay. That was quite some time ago. How are things going down there? Uh, great. As a matter of fact, um, that's where I uh, grew up at in Fayetteville. So, yes, that's very ironic. But, yes, uh, everything's well down here. Small world. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. There's a lot of testosterone at Fort Bragg. <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> it certainly is yeah and then i left there and went to germany after that so always be careful what you ask <laughs> oh how about that i was in germany also is that where at 
I was in Erlangen. I was stationed at Erlangen, uh, Ferris Barracks. I don't even know where that's at. How long ago was that? That was back in 1989 to 90, yeah, 91. And yeah, it's, Erlangen is right near uh, Bamberg, Got which it. is not too far from Nuremberg. Okay, okay. So I was there several years later. I was in Panama during that time. And then I ended up in Germany, let's see, 97, 8, 9. So I was down there for the Y2K celebration and all that good stuff. I was in <laughs> okay. Bomb Holder. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, the Rock. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I like to start the show out, Gerard, the same way I start out most mornings, and that is with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today? Well, Wally, I'm most grateful for my life, my health, my family, and frankly, um, every single person that I come into contact with, because I feel that every single person I come into contact with, I have something to share and they have something to share uh, with me. So that, I'm, I'm grateful for all of that. Without a doubt. Absolutely. So before we got started here, I actually, you know, talked a little bit about you, gave you a very, gave a very brief bio to Men of Abundance, but I want to hear more from you. I'd like to hear a little bit about, a little bit about your background and kind of, you know, working up towards where you're at today and I'd like to get you know let's get a little bit personal okay well after high school I went straight into the military uh, went to military I was in the army and um, after after the army I um, <clears throat> I went back home and started working with my father in the auto industry he was an auto dealer started working with him and um, after probably about about three years after that I started to get a little um antsy i wanted to kind of go out and do something different so when i moved from fayetteville and moved up to the raleigh area for um better jobs and um better opportunities that were available because raleigh is the capital city um and so i went up to raleigh and started getting into uh i found the first job i found was uh, working in security and after i worked in security and then i I was always the type of person I kind of like to do multiple things. So while I was working security, I wanted another job. I wanted to do something else to keep myself busy. So I started working with um, children and adults with developmental disabilities. So I um, did that for probably about I did that for about ten years, and uh, along with my security job. And then after that, I started to. Um, want to go into a different direction so I got into corrections and started working in different um, prison facilities in the uh, Raleigh area and I did that for several years then I went back to corporate security and I did that um, for a few years and then I actually just kind of all of a sudden I said I, I want to take this all the way to the max and I wanted to become a, a police officer so what I did was I um, quit um, my uh, prison job and then I stayed on my uh, working with uh, children and adults with, de uh, with developmental disabilities and what I did was I started to e eventually get into put position myself to put myself through the police academy by um, I was always kind of like um, always like to hustle and buy and sell things so I would uh buy and sell cars furniture things of that sort you know so i was building up uh, my income so i could uh, eventually go into um, the police academy full time so I, I positioned myself to to a point where i had enough income so where i could uh, quit my job finally and just uh, pursue 
what I really wanted to do, which was become a police officer. And I did that um, um, for 10 years, in which I'm still currently um, a police officer. And um, but I still do other things besides that right now. But that's a little background about me. Um, but I but I can see looking back now, I started from the military. I kind of every job I've always had, I've always been in a position where I'm serving someone and I really like to serve people. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I noticed about you when I uh, first reached out to you to get you on the show because that's what Men of Abundance in part is all about. It's so multifaceted, but in part it's it's really about giving to the community. And goodness, you some of those vocations that you did and those jobs are extremely challenging to say the least. But I'm curious, what specifically did you do with the uh, adults and children? Well, um, they each and every individual, they had goals. Um, they had little simple goals that what we would consider simple, but may be a, a great challenge for, for, for them. Certain things like um, personal um, care goals they had. They even had developmental goals where they would have to go to uh, day uh, workshops and um, their caseworker were the one that set the goals and we just kind of assisted them with uh, facilitating them and implementing them so anything simple that they could not do what quote unquote what we would consider to be simple but that was a challenge for them like even just um uh bathing um feeding some of them couldn't feed themselves some of them couldn't um uh, um take care of the little uh necessities that we take for granted every day um especially when it comes to bathing feeding um personal care um, uh, every every single thing that a nurse would do to someone who's incapacitated, some of these individuals could not do. And so it really, really uh, gave me a heart of gratitude to actually um, make me realize how much I took for granted um, where I am in life. And so I have a heart to serve people, and that really gave me a lot um, of joy to work in that field. I really like that, and I, and I commend you, and I thank you for taking the time to do that and sharing that with us, because so many times we'll hear people complain about the most trivial things, and after you've experienced so much, one with your military experience and then as a police officer and, and then working with these adults and children that couldn't do the simple things that we take so much for granted, it really puts it into perspective. and more people really should get out. I think a lot of the people that complain about the what we see as petty things, and I don't want to downplay anybody's problems or issues. I really don't because, every, you know, there are various magnitudes for each individual person, and I totally get that. But for those, in my experience, who have experienced more in life, they seem to complain a lot less. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, I do totally agree with that. I tend to have a attitude uh, of gratitude for every single thing thankful for being on the podcast i'm thankful for waking up in the morning um, and having food to eat having shelter over my head and just having clean water to drink uh, i was in the um bathroom brushing my teeth this morning and i was thankful for even having a toothbrush you know for having toothpaste you know you know having the ability to even hold a toothbrush so it's just those little things i mean when you start really thinking about it wally there's so many things that in the course of a 60 second 
time frame that we can actually just sit back and be thankful for. You know, sitting here talking on a computer, you know, even having the ability to sit. Some people, some people have to stand the whole time because, because they have uh, health issues. You know, there's some people who wish they could stand, but they have to sit all the time. You know, there's so many different things to be thankful for, and I could go on and on about that, but um, that helps keep, help being thankful, Wally, just helps me to keep everything in perspective. Yeah, it really warms my heart to have this conversation and, and think about all the people that you've helped and you've touched along the way. And I know along the way, it hasn't been all, you know, great for you as well. Part of what makes a man who he is and a person who they are is those kick in the gut moments in life so I would love for you to share one of your greatest kick in the gut moments in life it can be personal entrepreneurial or even professional yes and I've done a, um, quite a bit of reflecting over my time and I've also to be honest with you I've wasted a lot of time in my life and um, a kick in the gut moment for me was whenever my mother passed away about five or six years ago and the reason why it was a kick in the gut moment for me because my mom she was fairly young and um as we would think that pretty much mom and dad you know would be around you know you know for quite a long time you don't expect that necessarily but it was a kick in the gut moment for me because my mom worked two jobs and sometimes three jobs and she was always on her feet all the time on both jobs and even though she lived her life to the fullest, I'm sure there was a lot more things that she wanted to do in life. But part of what we would always talk about is she didn't believe that anything out there was even more for her. And she had to accept um, pretty much what was given to her. And it was a kick in the gut moment for me, Wally, because I basically, once she passed away, it made me realize how much time... I wasted and how much time precious uh, uh, how much precious time really is um, in the regards of uh, hey you need to get going with whatever you're going to do in life everything revolves around you everything is up to you no one is coming to your rescue and it it was a really a moment where I really had to just sit stand back and 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 say to myself okay what are you doing with your life if you want more, you're going to have to become more. If you want something different, you're going to have to do something different. I've I never been much of a complainer, Wally, but I've never been, uh, I've always quit a lot of jobs. I've always been the type of person who would just, when I, when I got fed up with something, I would just, just kind of just, you know, be done with it. And it really got me to a point where I said, hey, I need to start looking at my life uh, different. And I need to start committing to something so I can become um, more of what I believe my mother wanted me to become. And like all parents, Wally, they want their children to be more than what they were. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that you quit a couple jobs and you were just fed up in what you basically what you wanted out of life. And obviously you wasn't receiving it or didn't see a way to receive it in whatever situation you was in. Can you share one of those enough is enough moments, basically a pivot point in your life to where you just decided that's enough. I'm done. I got to do something different. Yes. One particular enough is enough was I was working as a police officer as um, I was working in security in a government building and I was doing it for about two years. And day after day, 
Now, I was a police officer at Wall Street where I was running calls in a patrol car, but um, I transitioned to that into um, a little bit slower-paced police work. And I was working in a government building where I would actually have to go around with a little electronic device scanning stations that, that indicated that this particular uh, station um, has been visited, and, and it was uh, basically a checkpoint. <laughs> and so I was the type of person... Um, a while where I was like, wait a minute, it, it just got to be monotonous. And day after day, I'm thinking, wait a minute now, you know, I look back from where I came from and I was like, how did I get here? What in the world am I doing? Uh, they could hire, I mean, a robot can do this. And I mean, and not only that, but the fact that, okay, wait a minute, I'm carrying, I'm carrying a gun, I'm carrying a badge. And I'm, I, I allow myself to just get to this point. I mean, I, is it, is this what I allow myself to become? Because I couldn't blame anyone else. I chose the job. The job didn't choose me. So I got to the point one day, uh, Wally, where I said, after about after about two years, I said, and it took me a long time because we could all get stuck in these little ruts where it's like, okay, well, it, it pays the bills. And hey, it's not really, I'm not really learning anything. I'm, I'm not really doing anything, but uh, it's, it's serving their purpose, quote unquote. So... I got to the point one day I said, and, and and as an officer, also I was still running a little business on the side, which was I would I would move people and deliver things for people. So I and I and I created a a pretty um a pretty good rapport and a pretty good um list of uh, repeat customers. But I got to a point one day I said, you know what, I'm you know I'm 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 saving my money, and I'm building myself up to one day I'm just gonna you know quit. And I'm going to be done with it, but I didn't want to just quit and without giving notice because that's not you know the right way to do things. But there was I was having an issue with one of my supervisors, and I had the type of supervisor which I believe we all had at some point where they just kind of overstepped their boundaries a little bit too much, maybe you know talk to you the wrong way. And I and this particular um, night I'll never forget it. Um, he came up to me and and started just you know yelling at me and screaming at me and I told him that you know he's not going to you know do that to me he's not going to disrespect me and he says I'm going to do whatever I want to do and it, it, and it was got to be a big thing as you can imagine two police officers <laughs> who are authority <laughs> you know sometimes people think it's the police against the public but believe it or not police officers have problems with each other also so because you know we're all human beings and a lot of A-type personalities in there Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so some people get this gun and, and this badge and then they take it to a whole different level. And so basically I called my supervisor and I told him that he's going to need to get somebody down here because he has two police officers down here um, that are having a problem with each other and I don't know what's going to happen from there. So he called, he called his supervisor. Um, my supervisor called his supervisor and they had someone down there within like, you know, 30, 45 minutes, which I can imagine, you know, they were like, what in the world, you know, you know, police officers, you know, having their problems with, with, with each other out here in the public. I mean, what's going on? So I explained my situation and he, he, he told me to go ahead home. Um, he, the, uh, my, my immediate supervisor, um, re remained on scene and that night, actually, I think within an hour and a half. I got a call from someone that actually wanted um, a service on my moving side of my uh, business that I already had on the side. And basically, I didn't go home and sulk. 
I went ahead and pretty much provided the service. I made the money and it kind of got me the feeling that, you know what, maybe I should just, you know, go ahead and just, you know, leave this. So I started, I went home, I talked to my dad and I told him the situation. He said, hey, you know, you don't have to put up with that. You know, um, you, you ought to go ahead and quit. And that night, uh, as a matter of fact, about 1.28 a.m., I actually sent in my resignation notice. I didn't give a two weeks notice, but I, I did I did uh, tell my supervisor, I said, I don't regret what I did by resigning, but I just regret how I did it because as a matter of integrity, I should have at least given a two weeks notice. But at that moment and point in time, enough was enough for me. And I had already built up enough money where I could go ahead and, and go in a different direction. And I pretty much felt peace with that after that. Yeah. And, you know, I commend you for it personally, because ultimately you have to free yourself. So many of us put ourselves into this state where we feel that we just have to be locked up and, and we're stuck in a particular vocation, in a particular job. And nobody should have to put up with one, even if you're not being treated that way, but you're just not happy in doing what you're doing and excited about doing what you're doing every single day. That's just no way to live. So what mm-hmm. is it that you're doing now? What is it the what was the service that you're providing that you started providing that night? Um, basically, what I do is I own and operate a moving and transportation company. And, and what I do is I, I do commercial and residential moving and I have a couple employees and I uh, also subcontract a workout to different uh, retail outlets in the area and like as with anything Wally once you start providing a service and people can really count on you and they will use you and refer you and I made a pretty uh, good name for myself in this business that's pretty much what I do now primarily and I'm looking to transition out of that now at, at some point I'll still like to do it on the side but I would like but I'm transitioning out there right now where I can um, get into consulting because I built my business from scratch and from day one has been profitable and um, I believe I have a lot to share with people who are just starting up yeah I'm on your website now actually assuming this is your consulting website yes it is Yeah, it's beautiful and I love the way you have it set up in your service and everything and I really like that you've taken your experience from building your business as a side hustle which is amazing. It's it's not easy to do that. More and more people are doing it these days because there's enough people like you actually out there who are an example of being able to build a side hustle without quitting your job and and doing it really. A lot of people have done it without anybody else knowing, (laughs) even their employer, uh, knowing that they're doing it because the way the internet's set up. But uh, what exactly? How's how's everything going with your consulting business? Well, that I'm, I just started that up, so I'm in the um, beginning stages of that, Wally. So I'm really getting to the point where I'm getting the word out about what I do with that. Um, so that hasn't. I don't have any uh, clients yet with with that, but I am most positive that that will change very very shortly yeah i am too absolutely so let's talk about that what if if somebody what is your uh avatar what is your perfect client who would be considered to use your services someone who says i don't know where to start can you just see because some sometimes people say well i have too many ideas or i don't have um the right idea so basically someone who just says i don't know where to start or just tell me your story tell me how you got to where you are because sometimes whenever we hear success stories you know, we think that that person is is way ahead up there and we're so far down below. So, but all I did was I started out, you know, 
with just 500 Vista print cards and just going out, you know, letting people know what, what, you know exactly what I do. And um, smile. I was very professional. I dressed for the part. I looked people in the eye and I was very confident. And people sensed that and say, you know what, I'll give this person a try. But I, but ideally, the person would be a small business or even a corporation um, that actually needs customers. They either want to keep the customers they got or find out how to um, um, acquire new ones. And since I'm just starting this up, um, I'm looking for some assistance in this particular area also but i do know what i have done in the past to acquire my own customers just not the marketing aspect of it but how to retain the customer that i already have and and even acquire some um, new new customers pretty much all my business is word of mouth at this point so that's how it really all you need is two or three good customers great customers who you have uh, done good work for and they will uh, be all your marketing to be honest with you. So that's what I've done um, and how I've become successful to this day. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the way social media is now. You know, your good news story or a, a good experience with you, uh, your company, or whatever it may be, can be clear across the world in a couple seconds. Uh, you know, that's posted on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it. I mean, it's out there. You, you do Snapchat, is done. So, is are you kind of when you when you say you're looking for somebody to connect with as far as somebody to uh, assist you in that aspect? Uh, who specifically are you looking for? What kind of area? And I'll probably be looking for someone in the area of marketing and social media to assist me with getting the word out there because I have been behind the times. I will be the first one to admit when it comes to mm-hmm. social media and technology and things of that sort. So. Um, I kind of work in the work in my um, areas of competence and I don't really do a lot on social media. I might tweet every now and then and get on Facebook and respond to something. But other than that, I don't advertise and I'm not I'm not I didn't, I really um, it would be a learning curve for me, which I, I wouldn't mind, you know, uh, uh, spending time learning. But I would like to concentrate on areas that I know that I'm already good at and what's working for me currently. Yeah, that's very smart on your part. That's where a lot of entrepreneurs end up failing. Now, initially, pretty much everybody has to bootstrap and do pretty much everything themselves. They have to be the accountant, the marketer, you know, whatever it is that you do as a niche that you're you're very, very good at and you love doing. Uh, but ultimately, if you have the budget for it uh, or you have the right connections, it's best to have a marketing coach or somebody done for you type of coach or you know uh, any number of things same thing with your budgeting and your accounting and stuff like that what I would recommend is uh, Gerard is to listen to episode number 37 of Men of Abundance that's with David Schloss and he is an expert and I just talked with him a couple days ago and his episode posted today as a matter of fact and he is an expert in social marketing and, and marketing specifically on Facebook and there's so much that you can do with Facebook with retargeting you can specifically uh, narrow down to exactly who you want to do business with and that I mean he's just one of many guys uh, that I personally know but he's one that I've most recently spoke with so at least listen to that that episode 
and uh, you'll get an idea of, because we do get a little bit more technical on that episode than I normally do, because I was very interested myself, because it just so happens that I was learning some Facebook marketing, or brushing up on some stuff, and learning more in-depth Facebook marketing for myself, but, you know, budget allowed, I hire people like David to basically do all that stuff for me, because I want to focus on what I enjoy, which is talking to guys like you. Uh, and, and the fact of the matter is, for Men of Abundance, for all of you listening out there, you can write the best book in the world, you can have the best business in the world, you can be the best consultant that anybody would ever want to do business with. But until you can get your name out there, it doesn't matter. Until you can get your, your information out there, your marketing out there, your business out there, it just doesn't matter. And this is where a lot of people fall short. I've talked to many people who have great products that they've created, great information that they want to share and, and books even, but they don't want to sell and they don't want to market. Well, then be prepared to not have any customers. That's just what it is. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned that, Wally, about uh, about uh, a book because I I have a book on Amazon uh, called Connected Customers or Repeat Customers, and I have done absolutely no marketing whatsoever, and I have no idea how it's selling. <laughs> no idea how it's selling. I, I haven't done an ounce in two years of marketing, but like you said, I totally agree with you. As a matter of fact, I was going to say it earlier that you know i'm probably one of uh raleigh's uh best kept secrets if not of course you know uh uh probably out there as far as uh uh being a even a small business consultant that is yeah i have all this knowledge and i have all this experience but nobody knows about me and i I haven't taken on the initiative i guess to uh and of course, along with all the risk, what I consider risk, you know, that I need to uh, just go ahead and just put myself out there, pay the money, get the right people who have the right experience, who can get my name out there. And I've pretty much been procrastinating with it, but it's time for me to um, go ahead and do something about that and get off this, um, what I call this, um, this gerbil wheel that this, you know, how, you know, you've seen a gerbil on a wheel where they, all they're doing is just going around and around. I'm thinking, okay, well, I need to, I need to just stop making excuses for myself and just go ahead and just do it. You're absolutely correct. And you and your business should not be on the witness protection program. People, <laughs> need, people need to find you, man. And, and, and not only that, you have an obligation. You have the book out. You took the time to write this book because you know other people want this information. Now you have an obligation to talk to people like Dave Chisson. Dave Chisson was a uh, my guest on episode 30. Go mm-hmm. back and listen to that one. He is the Kindlepreneur. So you've already got a book written. You need to get with somebody like Dave Chisson and go to his website, kindlepreneur.com. Go there. Okay. He's got some software there that... Uh, really kind of helps people in writing the, not really writing the book, but deciding on if the book's going to be marketable or not. But he is also the guy who can help you be a best-selling author because he always says he's not a best author, not a best written author, but he is definitely a best-selling author because he knows how to sell his books, uh, specifically his Kindle books and books on Amazon. Okay. So check out that episode most definitely. Sure. Yeah, you definitely want to get your word out there. So we're at the point now, Gerard, where we're going to pay it forward. Are you ready to do that? Yes. Outstanding. So give men of abundance one to three actionable steps 
that they can take today? I would say take time to reflect on what you have already accomplished, sometimes including myself, but we get caught up into what we don't, what we don't have and, and not just taking the time to, re- to reflect and looking at what we've already accomplished. Um, I would say another one would be if you don't know something, um, reach out and just ask someone. Sometimes we don't ask someone because we fear that they are at a certain level in life and they might just say no, but you never know until you ask. And I would also say uh, probably a third one would be just keep trying and whatever you're doing. And I know it's cliche, but just never give up. I mean, uh, just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep trying, keep trying. Somebody is going to say yes. Every single person uh, is not going to say no. Every time you try something, it just gets that closer to success. That's the way I look at it. Agreed. What daily habits make up the biggest impact in your life? Reading, um, exercise every day, and saving money. That's a that's a habit for me. I, uh, <laughs> saving money, that got me to where I am today. Yeah, and you had mentioned, just to backtrack a little bit, that your business is 100% debt-free and has been from day one. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. And I don't work every day because I don't have to. And that's because, you know, I do I do believe in having multiple streams of income and saving money. Um, and that is actually a habit to me of just actually saving money. 10% of all my income, I automatically just, you know, shave it off the top and put it in an account and I don't touch it. And so that's a, that's a, that, that's a good habit. <laughs> that is a good habit and that's a habit that few people practice. And uh, I'm certainly in the process now what my oldest boy is 22 and in the army and the uh, my 17 year old he's just now starting to work and i'm making him to make that a habit because i certainly didn't do that when i was younger for sure mm-hmm. what book would you recommend to our abundant leaders and why i would say the bible and the reason why is because it's full of examples of, of examples like timeless examples um timeless wisdom and principles um, and just stories that you can just um, go and and just follow. I mean, the, the wisdom has not been ever disputed. Um, and like I said, it's just book full of wisdom. And that's, and I just, you know, if I may say, and that's just, it doesn't matter what religion, you know, you're in. It's just that there's certain books that are just timeless wisdom, you know, regardless whether it was back in, you know, you know, 200 years ago or, or, or today, certain things are just timeless. And that's one of them. Yeah, I agree. And if you really pay attention to all of the self-help books that are out there, much that Jim Rohn has ever written, much that Zig Ziglar has ever written and spoken of, and, and many other greats, a lot of the stuff really is various stories out of the Bible uh, brought to our times. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and it, it really is true. It really is a great book. Absolutely. So I've, oh, and as a matter of fact, I wanted to ask you too, what is the name of your book? The name of my book is called Connected Customers Are Repeat Customers. I love it. So I'm going to have that book and a link to the Bible. There's so many links out there. But I will have that listed in the show notes at menofabundance.com forward slash 039. And you'll be able to go through there and see timestamps of the various key points that we've talked about during this show. So I have one last question for you, Gerard, and it's one of my favorite questions to ask my guests because I always want to hear your answer, is what does living a life of abundance mean to you? 
it means having more than you need to sustain life. That's what abundance is. Because when it's all said and done, Wally, all we need is food, shelter, and clothing and water. So everything, I mean, and we all have an abundance of that. Everything else is extra. Yeah, very good point. Absolutely. So we're going to close this up. And before we go, I'd love for you to leave us with a parting piece of guidance and any way that we can reach you. My last parting piece of, of guidance, I would say um, you are already abundant in everything that you need. Um, you just have to believe that you do. Um, and, and you're already rich. Uh, don't compare yourself to anyone else. Um, I think it was uh, President Teddy Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. So don't compare yourself to anyone else. You're already rich wherever you are in what you have. And and just also remember that your path is unique. I'll be the first one to admit, sometimes when I, I have to catch myself when I'm looking at someone else and what, what they have accomplished, that um, that I, I, I look at myself in a derogatory way and I say, wait a minute, I have to catch myself and say, no, no, no. This is my path. That was their path. So we all have different skills and abilities and talents. And um, I would just say to be thankful for every single thing that you have every single day. Exactly. Compare and despair. <laughs> so how can we reach you? You can reach me at um, Gerard at GerardFarmer.com. Or I would also like to leave my phone number, um, 919-757-3736. And the reason why I would like to leave my phone number is because sometimes um, uh, people, they have things that they just want to just talk about. Men want to just, if you just want to just call and just ask a question about anything, uh, finances, about life, about uh, business, um, whatever it is, if any, if I can help in any shape, form, or fashion, I'll be more than willing to do that. And you can just call. And I'll be glad to return your call, and I'll return your call the same day. Because um, I believe that sometimes when we get caught up into emails, you know, everyone doesn't check their email every single day, but uh, you, most people check their phone every single day. And I'll be happy to uh, chat up with anyone um, about anything you want to talk. Because sometimes we as men, we got these egos, and we just sometimes we just want to just need to reach out and just talk to someone about whatever the situation is. Because you never know how someone else can help you, and you never know how some how someone else can help you or how you can help someone. Agreed. And, and Gerard, that is very amazing, and you're definitely a very abundant leader, without a doubt. And men of abundance, I'm sure you can tell at this point, it is no question why I asked Gerard to come on and speak with Men of Abundance. Gerard, I truly appreciate your time, and I know you're going to have an amazing day. Thank you very much, Wally, and you do the same. Awesome. Take care. You too. All right, Men of Abundance, that's all I have for you today. Now go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance. Abundance.